Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. The events of January 6, 2021 and the storming of the Capitol building were coming. I I think we all knew this divisiveness that we've been seeing in society was ultimately going to boil over. Back in August, I remember publishing a a podcast about the us versus them phenomena that was readily seen and that eventually it would lead to absolutely nothing good. At the outset of this, I have no doubt that 99% of the protesters in D.C. last week would ever incite violence. They were there to exercise a constitutional right. Likewise, if I acknowledge that fact, then most certainly 99% of the social justice protesters over this summer would never incite violence. It is that 1% that's the concern. However... Where this becomes problematic is when the 1% willing to incite violence becomes 5, 10, or 25%. As by the time you have, say, 25 to 45 million Americans willing to incite violence, then there is a major problem. Then the keyboard warriors that are constantly mocking people, calling names, deriding people online may find themselves in a situation that they're staring down the barrel of real guns with real blood and a real rebellion. At this point, those satirical, those condescending memes, it's not funny anymore. It's not funny anywhere anymore at this point, at that point. So, Historically, it's not so unique to see a tactic of divide and conquer in practice to gain and hold power. The ancient Egyptians used it. The Romans used it. Hitler used it. Stalin used it. Mao Zedong used it. It has been used in the United States for decades. And I'll talk about examples later. But something is a little bit different right now. And it has accelerated more and more. And you may be asking, well, how is it different this time? Is anytime anybody says, oh, it's really different this time? Well, you know, usually it isn't because we can almost always hearken back to some history to find examples that actually this isn't really new at all. Yet we have a couple accelerants that are just amplifying and pushing this disgusting and perverse us versus them mantra. And you know what I'm talking about when I say us versus them. I'm talking about the disgusting Democrats and the disgusting Republicans and these messaging, these extreme messaging that they're pushing out nonstop and that the country right now is buying hook, line, and sinker. I'll talk about these accelerants in just a minute, but first, we need to understand this game, this sick, perverted game that both parties are playing on American citizens everywhere. Since the beginning of civilization, and as humans coming together to live, the rich ruling classes, 
they've used tribalism and tribalism's nothing more than this primitive caveman instinct to be intensely loyal to a group or tribe it's a very basic human nature loyalty to family loyalty to community loyalty to country and and those sometimes are good and they're natural but when they get perverted is when we have a problem and those in power understand that this psychology this tribalism to belong and defend and protect and advocate is very deep in human beings and they're using this as leverage to gain advantage over our minds and once you have control of the mind then you can start to control actions it's been this way since the very beginning of time and so those in power they use it to divide us and once we're divided they can conquer us they drive these wedges between americans and they make us fight each other so that we won't rise up against our rulers and fight them you can observe this age-old trick everywhere in american politics today red states versus blue states they're fighting christians and muslims are fighting men and women fighting baby boomers and millennials fighting black people and white people are fighting that doesn't just happen all by itself it just doesn't miraculously occur there are always voices that instigate these fights and so as people started noticing these wedges it's like whoa where in the world that comes from if anyone believes these uprisings are just flat out spontaneous events that you know they just somehow began to emerge from the people you may want to consider reading and studying how throughout history very very rarely are these movements orchestrated at grassroots level but before we move on to the accelerants the question becomes why in the world would our republican and democratic leaders elected by the people ever do such a thing it's time to realize these people for the most part they do not represent you they do not care about you primarily except of course when it's time to vote or to say something to keep you pacified our government has been in a state of utter and horrid failure now for decades these politicians in washington dc are annihilating the country slowly and surely every president since bill clinton has doubled the national debt income inequality remains staggeringly high We've sold off our manufacturing base to China and other parts of the world. So let's be honest. Republicans have been awful. And so have Democrats. They have been awful. The, but, but you know, the easiest way for them to mask their abject failure is to point the blame elsewhere. Hitler blamed the Jews. Nero from the Roman Empire blamed the Christians. Stalin blamed the ruling elite. Republicans of today might blame illegal immigrants for the lack of jobs and low wages. And liberals, they might blame greed and the greedy corporations as the reason that people are poor. And, and maybe it's the millionaires and billionaires. I could just go on and on and on on these different power structures who seek to keep power, gain power through divide and conquer. Divide and conquer works. It works because it allows the guilty parties to effectively redirect frustration and anger 
that the populations has onto each other. It's really crazy when you think about it. It's like somebody starts a fire in their own house. And as the flames get bigger and bigger and bigger and they watch it burn for 40 minutes. And then they finally call the fire department. And after the fire department gets there, it's too late to put out the fire. It's too far gone. Then the person who started the fire blames the fire department for not saving the home. If Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi can convince its constituents that Donald Trump is a racist, sexist, misogynist, as they constantly call him, then he is guilty for everything that has happened the last four years and their followers should have never elected. Well, then all the people who are Democrat will change and shift their anger towards how in the world could you vote for Donald Trump? What are sexist racists? You must be a sexist racist too. And then all of the sudden, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden are completely off the hook. Donald Trump can do the same thing. Republicans do the same thing because for leaders, as long as the population buys it, it's like a magic wand that relieves them of any responsibility on anything for as long as they are in power. And look at how long so many of those old dinosaurs have been walking the halls of Congress forever. That's how you know how powerful this tool is and why we cannot any longer allow this to continue. What far too many people fail to realize is that politics is literally a nasty business. That it is fed by the masses of all of us hating, despising, and wanting to beat the other side. This is not a sporting event. When you're a Democrat or Republican, it is not a sporting event. Where you win, the other side loses. We all lose when we fall prey to this tactic of divide and conquer. And sadly, this divide and conquer technique, it can never cease once it becomes ingrained into the political culture of a civilization. As once a group is in power, the business of divisiveness never ends until the people end it. See, if actual real problems were solved for the quote-unquote good of the nation, if all of these supposed problems are solved, where will future politicians get their ammunition to feed hatred to the masses who will, who will bring them to power or keep them in power? With all these simpleton narratives of oppression by this group over this group or these people that cause that problem, if this name calling blame gaming and whatever nasty rhetoric they choose to use at the moment, it, it, if all that's gone, oh my goodness, if, if that was all gone, politicians would actually have to stand on their own merits versus trying to convince people that if you don't vote for me, the world will become a racist hellhole. Or if you don't vote for me, the world becomes the next communist Russia. As long as the divide and conquer technique works, politicians, currently a nasty breed of people for the most part, they will continue to use that tool. So we now know why these politicians use this technique of divide and conquer. It works. But how do they make it actually happen? How do, what do they use? What are the techniques? What are the tools they use? 
And in reality, these tools are incredibly powerful and they're very strong. And most don't want to admit their full power and their full strength. And they're working maybe even better than they ever have. But the great news is the people, all of us, you and I, can cut both at, cut both of these off at the knees if we would just do it. But still, we're too trapped in their lie. We're, we're too feeble-minded to end it. Yet we could do it if we want. And I think the more we understand it, the better off we're going to be in ending this thing. So let's talk about them. The first one is social media. You know, this machine is disgusting. This machine, when it comes to politics, is the most destructive technology ever to exist on the planet Earth when it comes to politics. To connect with family, share photos, stories, positivity, learn some new things, whatever on the positive side, that force of social media is good and great if humans would use it for good and great things. But instead, our politicians and our political machines have figured out if they infiltrate that positive tribalism, they can create incredible discord, incredible disinformation, incredible anxiety, incredible distrust in the other side. So at its worst, social media is a horrific invention. And not only once you're on that machine and once you're engaging in that tribalism of politics, on social media, you create a filter bubble around yourself. This bubble exists because their machines have algorithms. And if you start clicking on, let's say you're a Democrat and all the news articles you click on in your news feed are Democrat leaning articles and everything you like are comments on positive things on the Democrats, negative on the Republicans. If And, and what happens is these machines learn, oh, this person is Democrat. Oh, this person is liberal. Let's feed that beast. Let's keep them coming back for more. Let's find even more outrageous stuff to throw into their newsfeed. And then all of a sudden, this person is 100% surrounded by that stuff, by that stuff. And then if ever they're confronted with any opinion that conflicts with this bubble of perfection of the Democrats and liberalism, if anybody tries to pop that bottle, there is a massive reaction. How dare you say that? How could you be so stupid and ignorant? It's unbelievable to me that you could even hold such an opinion. What planet do you live on? And you've seen those comments. You see them every day. I see them every day. They're out there. And those people who make those comments about their fellow citizens are completely trapped. They have no ability to look at the other side. The other sickening aspect of social media is big tech controlling all the messaging. You know, we need to get to the point where we 100% understand that what happens on these big tech platforms is only what that big tech company wants on that platform. Whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I mean, we cannot deny that is a liberal slanting platform. And so you know every time from their fact checkers to their algorithms to what they block, what they stop, you know it's going to slant that way. And there is nothing you can do about that. 
and you know whether it's a messaging on COVID-19 or politics they are controlling the message they want you to believe it's an open free platform but we all pretty much realize that and so as we see any content that comes that's filtered that's fact-checked by someone like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter we need to know there's probably a slant there are other sites out there that claim they don't filter you know deplatform or any of that stuff and you can find them out there if you want to but we do know that big tech is in the process and continues to make sure you know only what they allow you to know yet to end the tribalism online it, it is so easy actually Maybe I shouldn't say easy. I, I should say it's simple, but it's not easy. And here it is. Only engage with positive content online. It's, it's literally that simple. Talk to friends, talk to family, uplifting stories, stories and messages that, that, that help you grow intellectually, that help you grow physically, help you grow spiritually. Uh, those things that will help you with your business, all those positive things, but never, ever, Ever again, like, follow, comment on the negative, mocking, satirical, end-of-the-world porn that the Democrats or Republicans are feeding you every single day. None of it ever. Ignore it. Give it no air, no breath. Choke it out. And guess what will start to happen? Those same algorithms that we're feeding you garbage to incite your rage, your anger, your fear, your distrust of other people, it's slowly going to start to fade away from, from your newsfeed. And what's going to slowly start to filter in there are those things that you invest time and energy in and that you click on. Also, please, don't hit send on any of these social media platforms to fire back a level of nasty rhetoric that someone else posted. I, I don't care what you see that you are offended or upset about online. Please stop with the soliloquies of the diatribes of how great your political party is and how bad the other one is, how smart you are, how dumb and unenlightened the other side is, how racist somebody is, how sexist they are, how misogynist. Uh, just please, just stop. This is actually my first year on social media, except for LinkedIn. I had that for professional purposes, but Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, although I, I teach the humanities and when we look at postmodern thought and the information age in class, I, I, I have read enough and I understand the dangers and I'll see articles that cite Twitter or, or reference a Facebook post. But now that I'm on it, I am horrified what people will say to each other online. It is stunning to me why anyone would put that in the, in the public sphere to be there forever. Such nasty divisiveness. I, I don't get it. And I ask you, don't engage in any of it at all. At all. This is the ultimate power. You hold the ultimate weapon. If right now... You or, or, or the millions upset with politics in Washington, D.C. The, the best way everyone can get back at them is don't participate in the tactics to divide. Those nasty posts by people out there, just ignore it. 
ignore it 100%. You know what will happen if you do that? You're going to scare them. As if politicians can't keep you worked up. Or those really divisive people start posting stuff and nobody ever responds to them. And you're no longer angry and mad at people who hold a different view. These politicians fear that if you, if they can, if that anger is not turned towards its fellow citizens, it's going to find a new outlet. And guess where it would end up? Right where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be Americans putting, the politicians are supposed to be there to support the American citizens. And if all that anger, fear, distrust is turned where it should be, which is Washington, D.C., and it should be brought on them, we have a whole different dynamic going on in this country. So stay away from all interaction with divisive political content on social media. There's no purpose. There's no win. There's no gain in doing that. The really outrageous abusers that you know should be unfriended or unfollowed. And for all the rest that you just randomly run across in, in a post or in a, in a discussion of a post, just don't click on it. Don't post anything to it. Just ignore it. As this is like a nuclear bomb dropped on the political and wealthy class because nothing is worse to them than indifference. Plus, mentally, it'll probably de-stress your life dramatically. Now, the second accelerant I want to talk about is the mainstream media. Cable TV, talk radio, national newspapers, even some local newspapers anymore. But all of these want you mad. They want you anxious. They want you worried. They want you, through all of these negative emotions, to be sucked into their circular firing squad of disgusting rhetoric. You don't get value hearing endless banter back and forth and back and forth about how evil the other side is, how ignorant and stupid the followers of the other side are, how deviously dangerous the Democrats are or the Republicans are. I mean, really, think about it. After watching one hour of cable news, how often do you walk away with newfound knowledge, insights, or truths that you can take forward in your life in a positive way? Or does it just leave you more anxious, upset, and angry? My answer would be every single time I watch cable news, it's anxious, upset, and angry. I swore off cable news in November after the election results came in. I haven't watched cable news up until the D.C. protests turned riot. And I tuned in. This was an event. I mean, the last time the Capitol building was breached was like the 1800s. So yeah, I, tu I tuned in for that. I watched the live streams of the events for, for a few hours, just stunned of what was going on. And it only reinforced why I stopped watching in the first place. When these conversations in the on the channel I was watching started to turn to political rhetoric, they started bringing on, on politicians from both sides. And of course, both sides basically blaming the other side. I stopped, turned it off, and now I'm back to not watching again. And I will not. I refuse to get sucked up in a bunch of talking bobbleheads trying to tell me the world is going to end for this, that, or the other with an unending breaking news scroll at the bottom of the TV screen. The mainstream media loves division, just like the politicians. They have divided the country up into these market segments so they know how and what to target their messages to make money. 
every business really to succeed, it needs to find its target market, its niche market. Who are my customers? And and see, for the mainstream media, it's actually identical anymore. They're not news broadcasters anymore. They they're for-profit machines that have to make money. And so once they find their market, well, whether it's liberal or conservative, they target the content, they target the news, they target the messaging to suck in more and more people. Hell will have frozen over if Sean Hannity ever has a positive word for a Democrat or or Rachel Maddow has a kind word for Donald Trump. At this point, if either one of those kind of give any sort of a positive comment towards the other, you know hell has now frozen over. They both know their target market and they know they need to feed the beast the division. You need to ignore them completely. I'm not going to lie. It's hard at first, almost by instinct. After I stopped watching it, I when I'd sit down uh, in front of the TV, I, I don't want to. I had this instinct just to to go and click on the news, and I had to literally mentally intervene myself to say, no, 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 you're going to switch to something else. But it can be done. It's much much easier now, and I think more clearly, and I'm more in tune to the BS when I hear it from a politician on either side as I don't allow myself to be sucked into rhetoric and some bobblehead suit or skirt on TV means about as much to me as hearing an athlete or a Hollywood star spout on about politics. You can find news sources to feed onto your phone that are not completely biased. You just have to Google them. I'm not going to give you sites. You can find them on your own and you can find the style and the substance. Some will literally do point counterpoint. Some just say they're only delivering news. I mean, you you just gotta, you gotta search it. They're out there. They're very few and far between and they're usually nonprofit or if, or they're asking for donations to use them. I mean, there's, there's free ones and paid subscriptions just like there are on, on any news source, but you can find them and I challenge you to go out there and do it. So to wrap this up, when I hear a politician or a cable news empty suit lamenting the division in society, I, I actually have to laugh. It isn't a happy laugh. It's a snickering, angry laugh. Politicians, social media, and the mainstream media, they foster, they ferment, they encourage, and they blatantly peddle this divisiveness. They hold power and make money off of divisiveness. And last week, we saw what happens when that divisiveness that, that that being trapped in a mentality, it literally caused people to storm the Capitol building. You and I are being played for fools over and over and over again. Trump supporters and Democrats are, we have way more in common than differences in life. But these power brokers, they sink that wedge deep in the area of politics into our mind. They ferment anger. They ferment distrust with each other. They ferment disinformation so that we can never get a fact, never know the truth. There are always conspiracy theories and it works. It works magically to politically powerful and rich power brokers in America. As long as we are at each other's throats, well then those in power sit back, they smile, 
they relax, they keep power, and they keep that money flowing in. Yet it's not their job to end this madness. We all have personal responsibility to recognize how much we are allowing ourselves to be controlled by what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, and yes, what we post on social media. We are 100% empowered to never, ever again allow ourselves to be controlled, to allow the divisiveness in us to control life. We're in command if we will only take it. This scares politicians to death. They want you believing they are the only solution. If you believe your political party or one political person is the only option to success in this country, you have been deceived. I don't care what party you adhere. I don't care what politician you follow. We are shackled very strongly right now by the divisions, but it's time to break it. The events from January 6th, as tragic that a few people are dead, it just was heart-wrenching to see that happen. And yeah, some property was destroyed, but this is nothing compared to what could happen. If we continue down this road, if we continue to allow these despicable politicians, the shameful media, these fat, gluttonous tech giants to continue to sow discord in our lives, pitting Americans versus Americans in outrageous hyperbole. It's time to stop participating in this completely. You can end this control today. No politician is ever going to save you nor I. No politician is capable and they're going to disappoint us in the long run almost every single time. We, the people, need to take control. Then over time, just as we've degraded to this spot over time, we can slowly, methodically move again to a united, yes, united States of America. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. We need to use the horrid riots from January 6th as a learning tool. As we can get better and we can heal as a nation. But it won't be a politician that solves the problem. It will be you and I taking control over our intellectual energy and where we spend it. Remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So if you click like or follow, you will be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.